Warning, the following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Cringe Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcasts without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. And then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Santa! Yeah? You're bringing my present early? No. But I never told you what I wanted. I said I didn't bring it, dipshit. Okay, good. I want a stuffed elephant. A pink one. Well, wish in one hand, shit in the other one. See which one fills up first. Okay. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party house. Dark Fridge Radio. Will Martinez here with you. Welcome, and we're live. Thanks for, uh... Tuning in, and of course, my co-host with me tonight, Jay Galosi. Jay, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho bag. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Gato. Um, How are you doing? Good, 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 man. Merry Christmas to you and the family. And uh, I hope everybody's happy and safe. Yeah. And uh, happy, of course, most importantly. So... Thanks for joining again at Dark Fringe Radio. And I um, want to remind everybody about our social media. While uh, Mrs. Uh, Brenda Lee sings here in the background. Dark Fringe Radio on Twitter and on, of course, SoundCloud. And on, um, of course, never forget iTunes. Dark Fringe Radio. Give a five-star liking and a comment. And uh, that way we can get up there in the ranks and um, continue to bring you guys a uh, real high-quality show for you every week. So this is our Christmas special, first annual, Jay. Merry That's Christ- right. Yeah, Merry Christmas, man. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, um, you know, traditions and the history of Christmas here. Um, of course, we got to peek a little bit into the dark side of Christmas and talk about uh, maybe some other legends and myths that are around the world that, you know, we're not really privy to over here in the United States or really know about. Uh, but we'll talk all about that in a minute. But uh, uh, Jay, you know what? Uh, you know what time it is, right? It's time. It's time. Three story Monty, Mo. <laughs> That's right, man. Three story Monty. And uh, just in case um, some of you guys are new to the show, don't know what we're talking about. We play a little game here called Three Story Monty. And um, basically, I give Jay three different stories, all equally as uh, absurd as the next and crazy. And he has to figure out which one of the three um, is the fake one. So, Jay, we're going to start off with number one for tonight. And um, you lost your crown last week, but let's see if we can regain it for you, all right? Well, wait, wait. (laughs) Three and one, still pretty freaking good. No, that's a good start. I'll give you that. That's a good start. But tonight, let's start and see what we can do, and uh, let's see if we can get you back into your winning way. So, 
Number one on the list is expecting dad stages his own pregnancy shoot. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm dead sexy. Look at my sexy body. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's number one. Uh, number two, Washington man tells police that Trump told him to fight lizard people. I bury those cockroaches! That's uh, number two. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, number three, Manchester woman wants to use CRISPR to cure debilitating illness. It's only 11 here, boys. So I got lots more drinking to do with your worthless relatives down at the Amble. So those are your three choices for the night, Jay. I try to make this a little bit difficult for you. I know they all sound pretty crazy. But I promise you, out of those three, there's one in there that's, uh, that's a fake. So which one is it? Is it the expecting dad stages his own pregnancy shoot? Is it the Washington man that tells police that Trump told him to fight lizard people? Or is it three, the Manchester woman that wants to use CRISPR to cure debilitating illness? What do you think? Um, I'm going to have to go with B. Washington man says that Trump told him to fight lizard people. Jay, I'm sorry to tell you, but you are incorrect. You, uh, I got the yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you dropped down to yes. th- three and two. Uh, Washington man tells police that Trump told him to fight lizard people is actually your real story. And we'll jump into that next right now. Was it, the pre- it was a pregnancy one, wasn't it? No, actually, it was the Manchester woman that wants to use CRISPR to cure the debilitating illness. So that was actually the incorrect See, you were very specific with the city, and that's I what know. threw me off. You were like, oh, well. <laughs> I know, I was being sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. I know, I know, I know. So yeah, let's let's talk about that. This Washington man tells police that Trump told him to fight lizard people. This was uh, reported on Fox News um, about a couple days ago. And uh, an armed Washington state man stopped in the middle of an intersection last month to fight lizard people, quote-unquote, because President Trump told him to, police said. Uh, the Pierce County Sheriff's Office said that they received a call on November 25th in Parkland, Washington, that a 54-year-old man had stopped his white SUV in the middle of an intersection, waved to an AK-47, and screamed out something about sending in the news and lizard people. Uh, police arrived at the scene and started closing in on the man who put his weapons away in the car and laid on the ground as per police orders. The man allegedly resisted being handcuffed before police tasered him. So, of course, he had to be tasered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, you just can't go, you know, out without a fight. Come on. And according to police, the man said he had snorted methamphetamine to lose weight and had been uh, prescribed morphine. So, not only this guy was jacked up on meth, which I guarantee you that he did not get that over the counter or prescribed to him by a doctor. The meth doesn't make me crazy, man. The lizard people are real. That's what he said. And uh, reportedly told the Well, maybe he thought the police were lizard people. Maybe. I mean, listen, you snorted a line of meth. You're going to think a lot of crazy stuff, too. So uh, I do that usually once a week. There you go. (laughs) Bad side effects, right? Yeah, yeah. And then every now and then it leads me to want to do bath salts, and I try to eat people's faces. There you go. Or you turn on the microwave, you piss yourself there for about 15 minutes, and you don't know what happened. Um, And then he also said... Just another Thursday. There you go. He also said that Trump called his home to inform him about the lizard people, quote-unquote, and that he needed to fight them before they took over, police said. Uh, The man, police reported, claimed that Trump told him that an alpha dragon, hmm, quote-unquote, had kidnapped his family and were holding them hostage. Man, was he, like, playing, like, Dungeons & Dragons on, like, on acid or something? No, he's playing Dungeons & Dragons on 
methamphetamines and morphine. Not close enough. Uh, the man reportedly said that he screamed because he wanted to attract the news vans. So the story, he could be documented for history. That's what he said. So he wanted to make sure. Oh, that- it is definitely documented for history. It is, <laughs> it is out there for uh, forever. Yeah, also his mental record is going to go on there, too. Uh, the, the department said that the man was heavily under the influence of a stimulant, quote-unquote, and was transported to a hospital for treatment and was subs- subsequently put in a 14-day mental health evaluation hold. Uh, the office said the office did not release the man's name uh, because of HIPAA violations, and the deputies after, uh, said after that they searched the man's SUV and discovered a loaded Century Arms AK-47, a loaded Ruger, 357 revolver, five loaded magazines for the AK-47, a holster for the revolver, a revolver, and to top it all off, Jay, an old school wooden bat. Well, I mean, what arsenal's not complete without a Louisville slugger right there? That's right. Either that or some brass knuckles, right? Some- and this brings me to that next point, kids. Don't do drugs. Say no to drugs, especially meth. That shit will f*** <laughs> you up, like, big time. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes uh, that brings me to the other one um, that you so uh, smartly avoided. Expecting Dad stages his own pregnancy shoot and shows belly. Uh, that's a real story uh, by the Associated Press uh, that dropped about uh, a day ago. And the expecting father in Massachusetts has shown off his paternal glow with a pre- pregnancy photo shoot. Um, Peabody resident Nick Roberts surprised his pregnant girlfriend with the photos at their gender reveal party in June before their son Logan was born. Some of the photos show Roberts posing at a bench in the town of Nott, uh, cradling his visible belly. Uh, the couple's son has since been born, and Roberts says that he and his friend, who is a photographer, grabbed some fast food before the shoot to try to look a little pregnant. So, Roberts' girlfriend, uh, Brianna uh, McGee, tells WHDH uh, TV she flipped through the pictures and just started laughing harder and harder. Uh, Roberts said the photo shoot was extremely difficult because we just kept laughing. So, true story. It wasn't as um, interesting as I I thought it was going to be. So, he wasn't pregnant. No, he wasn't pregnant. That was, uh, that was, that was, yeah, that was a work. That's where I got thrown off on that one. Mm -hmm. When you say expecting dad, for some reason I thought that Someone had gone through and had some kind of something to have him. Yeah, like a transgender with child. Yeah, like a transgender woman going into a man and then getting pregnant, kind of thing. Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the true story. So, um, yeah, Jay, unfortunately, you, you dropped a three and two this week, and um, you know we'll see if we can uh, pick it up for the new year for you this this year coming up, man. Yeah, seventeen is not ending off with a bang. It's ending off with a. <laughs> Well, listen, at least you're three and two. You're over 500. That's good, right? Again, I th- I got the yips. I'll get it back on track. I will be. I'll be fine. I you'll, got this. You'll be back. You'll be back. All right, man. Fireplaces glowing, bicycles rolling, hearts overflowing with cheer. It's that wonderful season we all find some reason. The Toys R Us time of year. Any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me? I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people, and I want him brought right here. 
with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? So uh, let's start off with the uh, the main topic for tonight, Jay, and um, that's uh, you know Christmas traditions and uh, the history of Christmas and what it's all about. And I, I kind of wanted to get into that, and also some of the different myths and legends that are you know not only from here in the United States and the Western side of civilization, um, but also on other countries as well. You know, I know we uh, we spoke earlier about um, you know some of the crazy stuff about Christmas and Krampus came up, and um, I know you. Um, we're recently doing some, um, you know, digging up information on Krampus. Um, what, what can you tell us, uh, the listeners, about Krampus? I know that's one of the legends that we're going to get into tonight. Well, I've I've only heard a few things on um, on Krampus in particular. Um, you know, I originally saw Krampus on Adult Swim on uh, you know on, on the Cartoon Network, and I thought they were fucking around. Come turn out, there's actually, uh, I want to say it's the Dutch. Yeah, I say it's either the. the Dutch or the Swiss, yeah, they actually believe in, in in Krampus, this this demon that watches children to make sure they're behaving. Unlike our Santa Claus, uh, when the children are bad, they don't get cold; they get like whipped. Yeah, no, this guy is like completely gangster. Put into a stew. Yeah, no, this guy's completely yeah. gangster. Like he's a gangster Santa Claus. This guy, he's basically a chief, supposedly of Santa's entourage, supposedly. And um, he's a demon with massive horns whose main job is to drag naughty children into hell. And apparently Santa doesn't really want to know if you've been naughty. So a few weeks before Christmas, he sends Krampus out to weed out the bad children. And for minor offenses, like you were saying, Krampus might just choose to simply beat you, you know, the children with bundles of sticks. Um, but if they've been especially bad, uh, they're tossed into his sack and then uh, brought straight to hell. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty... Uh, ominous you know figure you know from another area that um you know that's completely different from the legend of santa claus that we have here on the western side could you imagine how much nicer the kids probably would be here if if that was the legend that we lived by here uh, you know i gotta say uh, we've got the elf on the shelf and and they straighten up and fly right just because i think that elf is so freaking creepy so yeah i can i can imagine how kids would uh would straighten up and act right now you know, there's there's so much that goes into these holiday seasons. There's so much 
myth and legend, it's kind of neat to hear something that's been, that's not been uh, kind of muddled up. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love the holiday season. love Christmas. It's actually my wife's birthday, so happy birthday, Rachel. I know you're going to be listening. I love you. Uh, it's a great time of year. I think the, the whole attitude of it is right. Everybody trying to do better, be better, be more civil, more communal. Uh, but, yeah, Krampus is a badass mofo. Talk to me, Jay. I mean, I know you, um, you know, we grew up together. We've known each other since the fourth grade. So, you know, I know your family. Yeah. You, you pretty much know my family. And what were some of the traditions that you had growing up when, uh, you know, when you were a kid? Well, when I was when I was a kid, first, Christmas started the weekend after Thanksgiving when we went and put out all, you know, we, we decorated the house with all lights and, and uh, you know, got all the nativity scene stuff out. But the very earliest memories that really when things started feeling like Christmas was when we went out and would shop for a Christmas tree. And, and you'll remember, my parents used to get a 12-foot tall, 8-foot wide tree every year to put in the middle of my living room. And I will be a witness to that because I saw that big fucking tree every year. Those were some of the biggest trees. So that's a tradition even still that we carry in my house. My house isn't, the house I live in now is as parental figure as the father figure isn't as large as the one I grew up in but uh, my wife and I just bought a beautiful six and a half foot tall tree that's got this great bell shape and to me that's a huge tradition is to make sure that you have the real tree you get it up you, you get it decorated it lights up the whole room makes the whole mood of the house change uh, so that's a big tradition for us it's a big day uh, for us the other thing that we make sure we do um, now I, as, a, as a father uh, something that we used to do when I was a kid, and I've not carried that tradition on, is we read a night before Christmas, or twas the night before Christmas, on Christmas Eve. Yeah, um, that's a good one, man. You know, before we go to bed. Yeah, it's a great story. It's a great book. You know, uh, I think we're starting to get to the ages where I'm going to start letting the kids kind of read read portions of it, let them each kind of take turns, and then um, we do that. And then we every year we dedicate one uh, gift out who gives out the gifts to everybody before we open them. So one person is dedicated to actually grab gifts. They grab one for, you know, mom, one for dad, one for the brother, one for sister. And we kind of go around that way. So there's a couple of neat traditions. It's just, it's, it's a great reminder of how we should try to be year round. Yeah, and that's you're absolutely right. That's exactly how we should be year round. Unfortunately, we're not. But you know, at least we have this time of year to at least enjoy this uh, time. You know that we can be civil with each other and actually try to get along and 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 be nice for once. You know, so you know, I do. Appre- yeah. I, I appreciate that. And what are go ahead? What What are some of the traditions that you you do at your house? Like you said, we we grew up together. Um, you know, Christmas at my house was so over overwhelming you know i was always interested to hear what other traditions they had so what were some of the things that you did as a kid and maybe that you carried on now as as a father with your two kids um or maybe some traditions that you started now that you're a dad well let me let me break it down for you you know, you know i had come from a latin background hispanic rap background and so things get kind of hectic just like you you know and in, in your your situation things get hectic you know things are like very High strung, everybody's like at a high attention, you know, it, it, it's just maddening, right? So, and everything starts Christmas Eve for us. So Christmas Eve, what we do is, that's like kind of the most special day 
even besides Christmas Day itself, because that's the day, the night that, you know, you invite all your friends and family to come over and um, mom and dad, they cook like this huge meal um, and everybody comes over. It's usually, you know, more of a party for the adults and um, the adults kids get all together and, you know, play and have a good time. And the adults usually get drunk and, um, you know, there's usually, <laughs> you know, three or four couples usually sleeping on the couch by the end of the night. But, um, yeah, that's that's usually Christmas Eve for us. You know, it's a big party and uh, everybody's coming to the house. It's nonstop. It's probably to like one or two o'clock in the morning. Um, and then by that time, you know, the parents are telling the kids they better go to sleep because Santa Claus is not going to come to the house if we're up. So, if you know, so all that rigmarole that we go through at that point. Um, and then, you know, that's, um, you know, that's usually the, the, the tradition that we have. It's just like that party, that get together, that togetherness that, you know, we do and we cook and we, you know, get together and have a good time. Um, and then the next yeah. day, of course, is the gifts and, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, that's usually the tradition um, that we do. And, you know, this year I'm actually going to see if I can adopt that night before, you know, night before Christmas thing too. I'd love to do that for the kids and, and start that. And especially now, you know, since, um, my daughter is uh, a little bit older now. She understands you know, a little bit more of the concept of Christmas. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to do that as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's crazy how we have all these, you know, different traditions. And, you know, it's no different in other countries as well. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about that here in a second. But I, before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, Jay, you know, what were kind of some of the, um, you know, the Christmas, you know, movies that were like classic to you guys that, you know, you watched at home, you know, during this time of year and, uh, you know, kind of got you guys into the spirit of Christmas? There were a couple of them. Um, the one that everybody seems to love that honestly I'm not a huge fan of was A Christmas Story. Uh, How dare you, Jay? Ginormously racist. I know. I know. I know. Everyone loves the movie. I grew up watching it. You shoot your eye out, kid. Like, I, I get it. It's funny. It's got a couple good one-liners. The whole fishnet leg lamp. I got it. I've seen it. I get it. Not a big fan. It's okay. <laughs> you it's okay. Grinch. You I don't grinch. hate it, but it's okay. You grinch. For me, for me, I know I'm a dick. For me, maybe I should be my dick of the week. For me, the, uh, you dominate your own self for the dick of the week. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> That's how you know you're so much of a dick. You dominate yourself for dick of the week. <laughs> Listen, I'll be the first person to call myself out of my shit, and there are definitely times where I need to be deservingly be called nice. the dick of the week. And when those times come up, I will have good stories for those. It's a true heel um, move right there. You nominate yourself for dick of the week because that's how much of a dick you are. <laughs> oh, so. You... You say he'll move. I say uh, <laughs> uniquely self-aware. Yeah, there you go. You, you <laughs> yeah, you, you're in touch with your inner self, right? <laughs> I'm in touch with my inner dick. Wait, there. can I say that on the air? Yeah, you can say it. <laughs> we're, we're not we're not regulated by FCC. We're good. <laughs> That's right. So my three my three movies that let me know it was Christmas. The first one was uh, A Penis Christmas. Don't judge. Yeah, listen, I don't know what you do in your spare time, but go ahead. <laughs> Charlie Brown, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, listen, I love it. I love it. You're killing me, Smoke. Um, the other one is Scrooge. Oh, I love that movie. Which is the Bill Murray. I, I don't know. I, he obviously didn't write it, but or maybe he did. I don't know. 
but he was the main the main character, the main star, uh, and a, a kind of a new reimagining of uh, Charles Dickinson's um, A Christmas Carol. And and then lastly, uh, Die Hard. Die Hard, huh? Really? It's not Christmas until you see Hans Gruber falling from the uh, the Takatomi Tower. Yeah, that's true. That's that's you know I don't I don't think about Christmas with that movie, but you're right. It does take place during that time of year. You're absolutely. I totally like didn't even you know connect the two together. That's true. I start I start every Christmas I start every Christmas morning with my wife saying three things: to say Good morning, beautiful, Merry Christmas, Happy birthday, and then the thing that follows the last one is Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. That's funny. Yeah, that's a great movie, and I like I said, I didn't even correlate the two, but yeah, that's uh, it takes place during that time, and uh, yeah, those are all great films, man, and uh, every, everybody loves those films, and yeah, Christmas Story, yeah, that's one on my list. Another one's Christmas Vacation. Everybody loves that film. You know who doesn't love that? Great film? movie. Yeah, especially the line. You know the one liners in that film are, of course, unforgettable. So um, that's another one, and. Um, you know, another one that I like to kind of add in there is um, that <laughs> a lot of people don't remember, but it's Miracle on 34th Street, the old school one. I mean, for some reason, that fucking movie, it's uh, it's a classic. And um, so when I ever see that, whenever I see that movie on TV, it's just um, I'm done. So you might as well just check me out for the next hour, hour and a half, because <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much what I'm going to be watching. But uh, yeah, those, those are those are my favorite movies um, during this time of year. Jay, I wanted to ask you as well, you know. Since we've gotten older, we kind of learned about Christmas and the the real spirit of Christmas and some of the backstory behind it. Can you uh, maybe a lot, you know maybe talk to us about some of the things that you, I know we talked about doing some research on you know the history of Christmas and some of the tidbits about that. Can you maybe uh, give us some information about some of the stuff that you you were looking into? First, let me start off by saying I think the thing I love most about this time of year about Christmas about holidays. Really, I know that, that Christmas is thought of or focused on more as a as a Christian holiday, but it really started off as a pagan holiday. Um, a lot of our our traditions for Christmas actually come from a lot of different religions, kind of mixed into one. And I really think that that's, that's an important message to try to get across. Is you know, and I know that we're supposed to say Happy Holidays and not Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah, but fuck that. We're not PC in this. Well, no. listen, if you're wishing me a happy Hanukkah, even though I'm not Jewish, I, it, it's, that's the right spirit to be in. Yeah. Wish me a happy Hanukkah, even though I'm not Jewish. I'll, I'll wish you a Merry Christmas, even though you're not Christian or, 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 or pagan or whatever the hell you, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, but it's a thought. It, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be wrapped up in that perfect gift wrap. If I say, you know, cheery Kwanzaa to you, you, you take it for what it's worth. It's, it's me sending my best to you and yours for the holiday. So I did come across a few interesting tidbits uh, I thought would be helpful or, or, or interesting to share. Um, the first one, did you know that all all letters addressed to Santa in the United States go to, to Santa Claus, Indiana? Santa Claus, Indiana. So is that actually like a city or is it a person or entity? It's an actual, it's an actual city. Wow. So it all goes to Tennessee. Uh, no, it's Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Sorry. I don't know what the fuck I heard Tennessee. I, I don't know, dude. You're apparently not listening to the same podcast I am. No, I'm thinking uh, about whiskey. Sorry. <laughs> You're only the one producing, editing, and, and driving the, the, the car. I'm just flaming content. Here I am 
judging you. No, I'm just so, talk, I'm having flashbacks of my uncle. Just give me a whiskey. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Another interesting tidbit: the Voyager space missions were planned going out so they would avoid planetary encounters during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Really, out of <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, that's a lot of like a long way to go for a short. I mean, really, all that? Yeah, I, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? Yeah. That's how that's how important this holiday is to uh, to us, and, and and again, the spirit of it, the background of it's a little dirtier, but the spirit of it is proper, and I thought that was great. There's also a village in Peru where settlers take out their previous year's grudges by fist fighting and then starting the year off new with a clean slate. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to kick each other's ass to get each other happy so that way we start the new year on a clean slate. Fuck you, fuck you. Merry Christmas, motherfucker! <laughs> Here's a left hook for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> Santa wanted me to give you this big kick in the tape. <laughs> oh man could you imagine that'd be called i mean just have like a camera down there just to see like random people just fighting all of a sudden that would be interesting there's actually the picture from it is no lie two little kids i mean little they're like five and six you mean like, like a, you like a fight up you, right? mean, you like a toddler yeah. fight club yeah uh, well first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club and obviously these little peruvians broke that rule so Shh. no more soap for them no mas. Uh, telling scary ghost stories on Christmas Eve used to be a tradition that died out over the last century. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually a very true statement. Um, I didn't know that until I actually started doing some research um, on the Christmas legend. And uh, yeah, that's 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 one little thing that I, I found out that that's pretty interesting, huh? Ghost stories out of all things I, to talk about on Christmas. Yeah, well, I I found it to be interesting because like we talked about, I, I read the, the Night Before Christmas. On Christmas Eve, I, I could only imagine telling stories of you know Freddy Krueger and Jason. Yeah, that it does. You you wouldn't think, but it, it doesn't correlate. But then again, if you think about the story of Scrooge and that, I mean, he's talking about spirits visiting him in the middle of the night and uh, you know giving him flashbacks and taking him in you know different adventures. So I mean, it does kind of correlate, right? Oh, it absolutely correlates. It absolutely correlates. Uh, I, the big the big theme is is uh, the wicked soul finding a reason to to repent and seek enlightenment yeah that's like the the repetitive like legend right yeah yeah uh a white christmas by irving berlin is the best-selling single in history with over a hundred million copies sold you're talking about uh, that one? um uh yes sorry I'm uh, no i'm Dreaming of a white Christmas Hold with on. every Christmas card I write. Here we go. Hold on. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know Where those streets are Listen And children listen To hear Sleigh bells in the snow The snow So then I, I, I am dreaming Oh, I 
Yeah, that's my shit, man. I love that right there. No, that was obvious. That was the Drifters. Yeah, I know it was the Drifters, but I like the Drifters better. <laughs> it. But the, I like the Drifters better, too. Another great holiday movie, Home Alone. Yeah. Who can forget Home Alone? Macaulay Culkin, pretty mad. Yeah, that was a great... I mean, that's what put him on the map, right? That that film right there. Yeah, that was it. I mean, he was, uh, he, was an, of, he was an Uncle Buck, but, I mean, then when he came out with Home Alone, I mean, that was it, right? Yeah, Home Alone was the shit. That, that, that was a springboard. That was... You know, he was in one and two, and then he went off to do God knows what else. Meth. Meth. That's the way it looks. Yeah. Um, Poor speak, guy. Speaking of, speaking of White Christmas, did you actually know that the reason why we refer to them and stress uh, White Christmas so much is because between the 16th and 19th century, it was known as a little ice age where global temperatures were several degrees lower than normal? No, I didn't know that. I thought it was actually because drug cartels uh, were actually infiltrating cocaine into the United States at an alarming rate. That's, that's not white Christmas. That's just white stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Having flashbacks. Sorry, that's a, Well, listen, us being down here in South Florida, you know what happened to the Miami offensive lines coach. It's all about the white powder. Hey, just put it on YouTube. It'll be all, it'll be all good, man. Off of a stripper's vagina. Hey, man, if you're going to go hard, you're going to go hard. All right? I, I guess. I, I, that's too hard for me. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Even if the white powdery substance is sugar, I'm out. There's, there's a lot of the other things you can do in those areas. Pixie sticks. Uh, without the white powder. It's plenty fun. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Uh, also, did you know that most Christmas songs, that's the big ones, including uh, Winter Wonderland, Chestnuts Roasting, and Dreaming of a White Christ- Christmas were all written by Jewish people? Jewish people, huh? Yeah. The the uh, the Hanukkah guys they they don't even believe in Christmas so that's uh, that's quite interesting. They don't. A smart business plan. They know us Christians are big into Christmas and they figure they can sell those Christmas carols on iTunes. Well, listen, they're smart. So I mean, listen, if they can capitalize on it, why not? And um, you know, obviously, that's, oh, absolutely, that's what they did. Um, do you hear any fucking Hanukkah songs? Uh, the only one I've ever known of, and I, I do go to a temple and teach soccer, but obviously, I don't know much about really the actual religion of Judaism. The only one I know is the dreidel song. Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. And when I try and ready, oh, dreidel, I will play. Hey! Hey! I'm doing a lot of singing now, aren't I? Hey, if I sing. It's a joyous uh, occasion. It's Christmas, Jay. It is. It is. I'm all about singing. I love Carolyn. Not that I do it around my neighborhood, because it'll get shot. But, I love Carolyn. Did you know that in the spirit of Christmas during uh, World War One in 1914, a truce, a temporary truce was held between Germany and Germany and uh, Britain, where they actually decorated their shelters, exchanged gifts, and played a game of football. You got to be shitting me. Nope. True story. And obviously not football. They played play, they play soccer. But yeah, yep. the Nazi army and the British army stopped on Christmas of 1914. They crossed lines. They had, had a 24-hour truce, and they exchanged gifts and did the whole thing. I would have been shanking motherfuckers in there. <laughs> Seriously. I would have I had like Seriously. a knife. I would have had a knife on me. I mean, I would have had something on Seriously. me. Shanking people and no one's paying attention. That's been, how we do it in my country, bitch. It would have been like the, the longest yard, the original version. I mean, we would have been doing some nasty stuff. <laughs> me and my team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another strange tidbit. The Nazi party tried to turn Christmas into a non-religious holiday celebrating uh, the coming of Hitler with St. Nicholas replaced uh, at, with the solstice man. And swastikas were what was on top of Christmas trees and not stars. The solstice man? Really? The solstice man. That's, yep. that's all they could come up with? 
They were so busy with a thousand-year Reich and looking for the Tesseract that they forgot that they had to come up with something better. That or the or the Ark of the Covenant, right? One of those two. Hey, one of those two. <laughs> it's one of those two, man. Fucking Nazis. Yeah, that that's pretty interesting. And you know, um, there's a lot of different legends all across the world when it comes to this time of year. And you know, you're talking mm-hmm. about how this, you know, this Christmas tradition has roots in paganism. You know, the whole thing about Christmas, there's there's a, there's a lot of history involved in that, and like for instance, like the twelfth night of Christmas is that's uh, typically that that gets celebrated on the eve of the Epiphany, right? Which usually falls right. on the twelfth day after Christmas. So, on top of this, many families will take down the Christmas tree immediately the twelfth after the twelfth night. So, all this uh, links to the twelfth night tradition of Christianity. However, the twelfth night tradition is actually celebrated. Um, by roots of pagan customs. Originally, the the pagans, they celebrated the Yuletide Festival around the time of winter solstice, which we just talked about, the solstice man, uh, roughly around December 21st. Um, When the Christian church sought to combat paganism, what they did is they commemorated the birth of Jesus Christ with the celebration of Christmas. Um, Important pagan events were also converted to Christian analogs, thus the Twelfth Night Festival was born. So, Basically, what they did is they rewrote history. They uh, they took the, the 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 pagan tradition and they made it their own, and they, you know they they twisted it up and and and, and you know they put a, a, a Catholic seal on it, and that's what we've been knowing Christmas uh, since that time. So it's pretty interesting to to know that, right? That that is very interesting. And actually, I read something that December twenty fifth uh, is usually the day of Christmas feasting day. It was proclaimed by a Roman emperor, uh, Constantine and 325 A.D., and that was a few years after Pope Julius I officially declared that the birth of Jesus would be celebrated on the 25th of December, um, even though many people agree that that was not his actual birth date, but it was, it was chosen more because of the winter solstice, uh, the ancient pagan Roman midwinter festivals called Saturnalia uh, and Dice Natalis Solus Invicti, not bad for a white guy. Look at that. Fucking Latin. You're dropping Latin on us tonight, Jay? Come on, dog. You know me. I mean, I was doing uh, I was doing Portuguese names last week with the whole uh, cosmology. Yeah. The in cosmology. Now, now I'm doing Latin. Why now, not? Now you're dropping Latin. What's, look, this guy's a worldly guy. Go ahead. So, and all that is actually to celebrate the birth of the invincible sun, not S-O-N-S-U-N. So that's why we celebrate it on December 25th. And that's why the the Christian church, Christianity, kind of accepted that day and then added in Christ, he said, you know, as the Lord and Savior, that that was a more important day for him to be celebrated than the Invincible Son. Yeah, and uh, again, it just it leads to more evidence of, you know, the Catholic Church just taking the pagan belief system and twisting it into their own, you know? Uh, and we, a lot of us don't even realize that. And, um, you know, we, we celebrate these, these festivities and we don't really understand the, the nature behind it. And like, there's a lot of different things that are involved with this. You know, there's legends that are involved that, you know, different countries believe in and that we believe in, but it's all always centered around this time of year. Uh, if you, if you ever notice, even, um, you know, in the Latin community, you may not know this Jay, but on the 6th of January, um, a lot of Latin people in the Hispanic community, we celebrate Three Kings Day. Three Kings Day basically is the day that supposedly the three kings came over through Egypt to Jerusalem to give the 
you know, uh, gifts to Jesus Christ when he was born in the manger. So I guess it took from the 25th to the 6th. I don't know how they figured that on the, on the fucking calendar, but that's what they did, right? Uh, it was a long trip, dude. You they know, didn't have Ferraris. No, they, they had donkeys. They had donkeys. It's funny. You know what? <laughs> there was a, a, a picture that someone posted, and it was a um, Google Maps image of what it would take to get from one place i guess from where moses came from to jerusalem and i guess by walking time it took like nine days and it took him like six <laughs> took him like 60 days <laughs> so it was like how long did he get like lost for like it took him like 50 times longer than the normal you know time that it would take him to get to where he needed to get to Again, they didn't have GPS, man. They they didn't know there was a straight line. They're trying to follow the North Star. But, you know, since the Earth is round and it rotates, it makes shit wonky. Supposedly. It's kind of hard to follow. Some, some people don't think that, you know. That Supposedly, let's, I cannot wait to do the episode on Flat Earth. <laughs> I'm going to crush that shit uh, like a beer can on a college kid's head. Listen, I, I'm telling you, I'm teasing you with this guy. I mean, listen. <laughs> It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I promise you. Um, another thing about, you know, the Christmas holiday is, you know, all the different um, themes and traditions that we've been talking about. And the Nutcracker is one of the things that we talk about a lot of the times when we talk about, you know, the Christmas holiday. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but most people have seen some version of the Nutcracker. But how, however, most people are not aware that this beloved holiday staple was actually written based off an E.T.A. Hoffman's 1816 fairy tale. Now, this fairy tale was a tale of a young girl named Marie that falls in love with the Nutcracker Prince. Now, only she can come to life when she's um, asleep. Now, during a battle between the Nutcracker Prince and the Mouse King, Marie cuts her arm and falls into a feverish sleep. Now, there she gets brainwashed by the Mouse King. Then after... Marie recounts the story to her family and they forbid her from speaking about her dreams. Nonetheless, Marie's fateful love of the Nutcracker brings the ugly doll to life once again. And then she's the Nutcracker Prince's... I'm sorry. Then she and the Nutcracker Prince leave Marie's world and choose instead to live in the doll kingdom. Now, basically, the Nutcracker is a story about a young girl who falls in love with a doll then leaves her old family to spend her life and days with this sad doll in a world where toys are constantly <laughs> warring with mice and children and marriage laws apparently do not exist. So clearly, it's a wonderfully inspiring Christmas story. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I kind of knew that because I've taken classes where you actually have to break down what things are and, and how they mean it in the theater. I was, you know, you know, I was, in theater in high school and whatnot. So, uh, that definitely doesn't shock me. I, ca- I kind of already knew that, but it's, again, it, it, there's so many different things with this holiday that get mashed up. And it's the one time where we look more towards the best, to, towards what, what is intended instead of what is actually, uh, what actually happens. You know, yeah. uh, you're right. Prime example. What, what is, what is the main, character what is the main uh, mascot for christmas santa claus santa claus santa claus as we know and love him today obviously is more of a commercial product than anything else but there is and there's so much history in it and it's weird like when you're talking about the three kings day uh, it's weird to hear how some of these things kind of come 
together, like uh, in, in Russia, and I know we were, we were talking about this a little bit earlier before we get started. In in Russia, they have they don't have a, a Saint Nicholas; they have a babushka, um, and she was an elderly woman who purposely gave the wise men the wrong directions to Bethlehem, so they would they could find so they couldn't find Jesus. What a bitch! Uh, she ended up feeling. Go ahead. I said, "What a bitch!" Seriously, sends them off off into the fucking the desert, where obviously it takes forty days to do nine days worth of travel. <laughs> what a bitch! What a bitch! Uh, but she felt so bad about about this this undoable damage to these men. Then January fifth, Babushka visits Russian children, leaving gifts at their bedside, oh, and no. hopes one day that the child will be baby Jesus and will forgive her. Ah, uh, now she feels guilty. Now. Listen, we all make mistakes. We all send kings to the wrong place so they can't find the baby Jesus. I mean, I did it like two weeks ago. Shit happens. It happens every week. And it's, so, it's funny I think it's, it's funny you say that because you're right. It's the one time of year that we allow this this figure to kind of like get away with a lot of things. Like, for instance, like, <clears throat> like would you take your child, for instance, to some random stranger to have your child sit on their lap to take a picture. Think about that. Uh, the only way you do it is if he's wearing red crushed velvet coat and pants, leather boots, and sitting on a large chair. Exactly. And that's my point. That's the one time of year that we actually allow that to happen. And, you know... Oh, even better. <laughs> even better think about this. Would you let anybody else come down your chimney into your home? That was the second thing I was going to ask you, funny enough. Like, seriously, like, if some dude broke into your house at 1 o'clock in the morning, let's just say, and was rummaging dead through your house, don't, don't, I mean, come on. What, what, do, you, what do you think you would dead do? motherfucker. Exactly. I mean, Santa Claus is DOA. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> He's DOA. Yes, he is. Yeah, because Boynton PD is going to come get him, because it ain't going to be me. Listen, that's the only time of year where we let this, you know, legend just come into our house. Uh, you know, we allow them to have... You know, open access to our children. It's 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 very you know crazy when you really think about it. From the you step outside of the circle in the box and you look in from the outside in, uh, it, it's kind of crazy. But you're right; it's the only time of year where we allow this stuff to happen. And there's all these crazy you know stories that uh, you know we hear about you know the you know the Christmas tradition, but we don't really talk about what happens around the world. And uh, there's a, there's a lot of different legends that are across the world um, during this time of year that you know we don't know about. For instance, um, there's this one legend called Frau Perticha and her tinsel entrails. And Frau Perticha is a puckered, de- decomposingly grinning Hannibal Lecter of East Europe, and is uh, one of Christmas' most thrillingly terrifying apparitions according to different articles this frau perticha is a christmas witch that will replace your children's organs with garbage basically i mean think about that that's pretty fucking foul huh that's pretty fucking foul i don't want that coming to my house so yeah so she resembles a kind of like deranged frankenstein goat you know pierced together from various body part kind of figure and she's also sometimes like a uh, depicted as a hag with two faces. You know, terrifyingly enough, though, she's good to good children. So it's the bad children right. she's only neat, you know, nasty to. It's the good children she's fine with, and she has nothing. You know, you have nothing to fear from her. But the naughty ones, man, those are the ones that are, 
you know, you know, you better just like stay away from her because she has her way of dealing with the bad seeds, you know, seeds, including, you know, opening up their bellies, removing their organs, replacing them with pebbles and straw. So if you ever wake up on Christmas morning and you see, you know, intestines uh, strung out from the rafters and the trees and instead of tinsel, uh, that's what the legend proclaims. You know, this lady, you know, that's exactly what she'll do. That's where the tinsel legend came from was this actual lady she would actually take the entrails of your innards and just string them along the tree can you believe that i guess that would mean shit got real yeah and so <laughs> there's also another one called the jolak turin and that's a uh child devouring christmas cat devouring christmas cat i should say and um there's um it's called the jokal kol turin and it's a child devouring yule cat that comes from the wintry wonderland of Iceland. So it wasn't Germany, it was Icelandic. And uh, though he's often depicted as being a bloody fanged, slavering, thick furried cat, he also acts more like a famously hairless sphinx cat because he's always in search of warm clothing. The legend has it that the children who do not put out warm items on Christmas Eve, sweaters, socks, scarves, etc., are destined to be eaten alive. Now, moreover, the, the clothing must be new. And the legend of La Corturine does not accept hand-me-downs. So he doesn't take the cheap shit. He wants the fucking uh, <laughs> Ralph Lauren, Polo Ralph Lauren and shit. <clears throat> well, Germans, Germans believe in ex- exquisite shit, man. Listen, I am not taking any fucking faded glory Walmart shit, according to this guy. So um, he doesn't accept accept hand-me-downs. He doesn't want stinky, non-moth-eaten coats. So if you put out any kind of milk for him, you better make sure you put out some high-grade shit because uh, if not, he'll make your innards into crazy shit. I don't know. This it better be it better be true move. Well, you know, really, really funny though. All right, so you have this this uh, murderous Yule cat yeah. uh, over in Germany, but on the flip side. Uh, you also have a different version of our Santa Claus that was inspired by St. Nicholas. The Chris kind or Chris K- uh, Kringle uh, was believed to be a deliverer of presents to well-behaved children in Switzerland and in Germany. Um, and the meaning Christ child or Christ kind is an angel-like figure often accompanied by St. Nicholas on his holiday mission uh, in Scandi- out in Switzerland and, and Germany. So, it's funny, if you're good, you get visited by the Christ kind and his, his benevolent angel, uh, and if you're bad, you get eaten by a blood-fanged yule cat. Yeah, it's fucked up, isn't it? I mean, the the, con- Germany. the consequences are pretty fucking dire, you know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like it's, it's either you are good or you are dead. There's no in-between. No, there is no in-between. And there's another um, legend from um, Iceland that there's a legend called Grilia. And it's another uh, Christmas apparition of epic proportion and is almost as frightening as the child excavating Frau Perticha that I mentioned earlier. And she's described as a giantess with cloven hooves and 13 swishing tails, uh, one presumably for each of her 13 ominous sons who were known as the Yule Lads, uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute. And Grelia sleeps deep in the mountains of her demonic brood and only comes down to the village on Christmas, which basically serves as her hunting ground. Her prey is naughty children whom she throws into a sack, takes back to her lair, boils them alive, and um, basically eats them alive. Um, 
her palate isn't, however, limited to kids. She's also rumored to have killed and eaten her first three husbands because they bored her and because she felt they made her better victuals than companions. So basically, they, they, they were better victims than, than, than husbands. So, yeah, you have this Grilia that's from Iceland that's basically, you know, rumor has it and legend has it, you know, takes kids in her sack and eats them. How, how about that? I guess you know what it was, though? you got to remember that when a lot of these traditions started, um, death was such a normalcy. Yes. Like, we're so, we're so antiseptical when it comes to death at this point. Um, because obviously, A, we know that well, healthcare is better, understanding of the human body is better, uh, medications are better, medicines are better. All these things are better. And back when a lot of these, these things started, death was, like, people would die and, and be left in their home for for days for their friends to say goodbye. And there are pictures of, you know, people used to take death death pictures where they, they'd get with their, their, their family member that had passed and take pictures with them. It's, have you seen those it's pictures? It's crazy how comfortable people used to be with death. Yeah, have you seen those pictures before, Jay? I've seen some of them. They're creepy as shit. Yeah, they're really, really fucking creepy. Like, they, they prop them up, and, like, they dress them up like normal, except their eyes are right. closed or, like, pierced open by something that I don't Empty. know. What, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's really fucking weird. You know, we were speaking about this lady, and, and we're talking about the Yule Lads. I know I mentioned that. They're like um, 13 Christmas poltergeist, poltergeist trolls. And um, despite their catchy name, the Yule Lads are not an indie band, obviously, but really is 13 uh, trollish sons, sons. And by most accounts, uh, the boys are far less malevolent uh, than their homicidal mother. But they're still destructive enough to strike fear into the hearts of most people. They include uh, Door Slammer, who repeatedly bangs shutters in the night like an angry poltergeist. Window Peeper, who stares ominously on children as they sleep. That's kind of fucking creepy. And Creepy. Yeah. And Meat Hook, who steals hanging and butchered hams, a common staple in every household, right, uh, with a long hook. And uh, the most frightening brother is undoubtedly the Sky Gobbler. And uh, he goes straight for the all-out destruction and simply devours the sky and everyone's oxygen hole. So... Uh, the Yule lads uh, usually come down the mountain every Christmas and presumably accompany their mother, mother as she goes from house to house kidnapping children. In some versions of the story, the uh, child-eating Christmas cat is even part of the brood. So the one we talked about earlier, uh, the Jackal Turin, uh, is usually hanging out with this uh, Grillia lady and the Yule lads. So... Um, yeah, they're all together. It's like it's like all these uh, legends are, are are molded together from these other uh, countries. Well, it's funny. That's I mean, that's kind of how it happens. It's it, it's we all take our own little traditions. Uh, just something as simple as like reading them uh, towards the night before Christmas. Uh, it's something that I did as a child. It's something I, I'm doing for my kids. It's something that my kids are going to take on and do for them. But now you add in my two stepsons are probably going to carry that on and do that with their kids. So there's a whole lineage, a whole new line um, of people who are, well, they're not biologically attached, but a definitely more straight arrowed attachment to the family tree. It's a definite, definite branch. And then you have where you said you're going to start doing it. And by no means you need to feel pressure from me, but if you do, then you do it. And then your kids start doing it to their kids when they have in the future, it's spreading onto them. So that's, that's how it kind of works. It's, it's all these traditions as we start to intermingle as a society 
start to kind of morph into one another. Uh, and I think that's important. I think that's a big, that's something that's all too often overlooked because we're so comfortable in all of our traditions and all of the, what we consider, you know, normal Christmas activities, which have really only been the normal Christmas activities for the last maybe hundred years. And we accept those to be the norm forever and ever back and from far off when in reality, what we're missing is we're missing the, the true point of Christmas. And it's not about what God you worship. It's not about how you deliver the gifts or on what days you deliver the gifts. It's not about whether you're lighting a menorah or a Christmas tree. It really is about how you can take all these different things and kind of mush them harmoniously together for everyone to enjoy. And I think that's all been overlooked. You're absolutely right. All right. So uh, the next one I wanted to talk about was the Belschnickel. I don't know if you have you heard about the Belschnickel before. No. So the Belschnickel is a um, he's a benevolent uh, but still frightening kind of figure who whose aim is to dispense uh, fairly reasonable justice rather than uh, hellish pu- punishment that the other guys that we were talking about. He's basically like a mass figure who comes uh, carrying like a big black sack and who announces his arrival by uh, rapping on the windows of doors of uh, on Christmas night. And the uh, the family is expected to let him in so uh, he can do his thing out in the open. He apparently uh, has toys and goodies for the children, uh, but he also has uh, switches for the naughty ones. And then, you know, if you're given the switch, you know that you're going to get one at pretty much at the end of the night from the Belschnickel. And uh, there's also other versions of the story that they're much sinister, but basically, the you know, Belschnicker drags the naughty children into a forest where he uh, makes them pay for this mischievous behavior, uh, which they really don't talk about the kind of punishment that entails after that, and you're just kind of left to the imagination. So uh, there's there's another one, you know, the Belschnickel that uh, is talked about in Switzerland as well. The Swiss and the Dutch are awfully fucked up. Well, check this out, all right? So... Did you know that uh, Santa Claus or St. Nicholas was actually introduced to the Americas in 1773 by a, a group of Dutch families that gathered to honor the anniversary of the death of Sinterklaas? Yes, I did. Well, break, oh, crazy. Break, so, break it down for everybody, basically, though. Our, so, in 1773 and, and again, 1774, a New York newspaper reported that groups of Dutch families had gathered to honor the anniversary of the death of Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas being a Dutch name for St. Nicholas, which was shortened uh, from St. Nicholas, uh, although it doesn't sound much shorter. And in 1804, John Pinter, a member of the New York Historical Society, uh, disturbed woodcuts of St. Nicholas at the Society's annual meeting. Uh, so what we now do with hanging things over the fire, hanging the stockings from the fireplace and uh, filling them with uh, toys all the way back, Back in the 1800s, we actually wanted to put fresh fruit and hung them o- and stockings over the, the fireplace. That all came from people celebrating the death of, of Sinterklaas or St. Nicholas. That's interesting. Um, you know, I've heard that before, and, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. And it's just amazing to me how all of our traditions are kind of like backed by the same, you know, legend in, in some aspect and some more sinister than others. Obviously, you know, the, the, the Eastern, um, you know, region of the world, uh, you know, kind of adapted this more sinister version of Santa Claus. But I don't know if you know this or not, but the actual image of Santa Claus kind of was, um, you know, invented by the Coca-Cola company. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's crazy because, 
you know, the Coca-Cola company wanted to capitalize on the marketing aspect of Christmas. So what they decided to do is make their own version of what, uh, you know, St. Nicholas would be. And, um, you know, that's what you see now is the, uh, you know, jolly fat white guy in the uh, red, you know, crushed uh, velvet suit and uh, big boots and, you know, what you see now. And that was all invented by, you know, Coca-Cola marketing team. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you know that uh, holiday shopping makes up for one-sixth of uh, all retail revenue? I did not know that. That's actually pre- pretty interesting because that's a that's a huge chunk chunk of the retail business. That means in what two or three months you're doing three times your normal amount of business. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense because if you look at like um, when you're like uh, if you're looking for a job, for for instance, and it's around this time of year, if you don't notice that retail uh, jobs go through the roof, like you know, there's jobs for assistance and. And, uh, you know, retail people, you know, all the time during this time of year um, because they need it. This is the busiest time of year for them. That would be why. Continuing along with that theme of Santa Claus being created by, or at least the the imagery that we are so comfortable with. um, Did you know that, that, well, look, who is the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph. He was born 100 years after his eight flying counterparts. The Red Nose Wonder was the creation of Robert L. May, a copywriter in Montgomery Ward Department Store, who in 1939 wrote the Christmas-themed story poem to help bring holiday traffic into his store. Using similar rhyme patterns to Moore's Towards the Night Before Christmas, they told the story of Rudolph, a young reindeer who was teased by other deer because of his large, glowing red nose. Ah, interesting. Did you also know that reindeer actually do have very bright red capillaries in their nose? No, I didn't know that. Did you also know that the ones that do are, are doe and not, not deer? So they're female, so, they're not male. Right, so Rudolph was actually not a dude. Or maybe Rudolph he was. was a chick. Or maybe, or, or maybe Rudolph was a chick that identified as a guy. That's that's the day, day and live the you know time that we live in now, yes. That's correct, Jay. <laughs> so they, they, there you go. Uh, Rudolph was a, uh, was a red-nosed flying marketing machine that was actually a female deer instead of a male deer and that is what pulled santa's sleigh through that foggy christmas eve there you go well i hope everybody you know uh takes a little bit of this information and uh is able to uh you know say hey listen i i learned something new from the podcast that i didn't know before so uh jay thanks for uh you know helping me enlighten uh you know everyone else about the uh the legend of christmas um, I wanted to get into our next segment before we, uh, you know, call it a night. And, uh, of course, it's going to be what to watch. And, uh, Jay, is there anything that, um, you know, you recommend that, uh, you know, our, our listeners watch uh, that maybe you've picked up, um, you know, uh, this past week or the week before? Yeah. Uh, a couple of nights ago, I actually rented on demand uh, The Assassin's Bodyguard with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. Great movie. Great movie. The word fuck is used. And every premeditation it could, possibly could be, and it's it's great. You have Ryan Reynolds, who is this very antiseptic, very planned, very detail-oriented um, bodyguard, and you have Samuel L. Jackson, who is just kind of this kind of freewheeling, super talented assassin, um, who is actually there trying to assassinate him. Uh, him and Ryan Reynolds have a bit of a history, and the two on screen are magic 
Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan, and I, I know um, I'm pretty familiar with his type of uh, you know humor and comedy. And uh, I, I can only imagine how that would be meshed with Samuel Jackson's uh, uh, pretty crass uh, one-liners. It's great. There's, it's an action movie, so there's definitely a lot of explosions, a lot of guns, a lot of really good fight scenes. But it is. It's the one-liners between the two of them, which is what make all the difference in the world. And it's, it's a great movie. It's super entertaining. I definitely suggest everybody check it out. Awesome. And is there anything else uh, to check out, Jay? Uh, that was that's all I that's all I got. Okay, cool. And um, what I would suggest um, that I'm going to throw out this holiday season is something a little sinister. And um, the actual movie Krampus, they actually made a movie Krampus in 2015, and um, I definitely recommend that. It's not a, the greatest horror movie you'll ever see. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, it's right. Uh, very cheesy uh, in a lot of ways, but um, it is kind of cool to get a different kind of horror take on the Christmas, uh, you know, uh, spirit. So, um, if you guys want to have a little bit of that in your life, I would suggest Krampus. So the 2015 version of that, I don't know. I, when I looked it up, there's like 10 million other different Krampus films. And that's the only one that I know of that, you know, was legit that came out in the last five, 10 years. So yeah, check that out. So, um, which uh, moves me on to our next uh, segment, Jay, and that's uh, Dick of the Week. Um, who do you have for this week, man? I have two of them, actually. Oh, boy. Here we go. I know. I know. And anybody who listens to the podcast who is into uh, the NFL and into football is going to think I'm like an anti-Seahawk. Um, and if they feel that way, uh, they're totally right. Uh, I hate the Seahawks. I'm a Niners guy. But the Seahawks, I like Russell Wilson, don't get me wrong, but otherwise, um, they're douchebags. That's all there is to it. And this past week, they, you know how will most teams, when you're up by a touchdown, you've got the ball and there's less than a minute, the quarterback just takes a couple knees and get, they get out of there? Yes, I do. So the Seahawks, not wanting to uh, give up, give up on that, decided that they were going to play through the whistle. So even though the quarterback was hiking the ball to take a knee, uh, they decided that they were going to go ahead and try to cause a fumble or do something so that they could get the ball back and get one more shot at, uh, at going down the field, score, and win. Um, and one of, the, one of the defensive linemen for the Seahawks was actually uh, – his, last, his name is Quentin Jefferson, was actually ejected because he threw his entire body and rolled, almost breaking the knees of two of the offensive linemen for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Damn. So I'm okay with them playing through, like, fine. They, they hike the ball and they're taking the knee. If you want to try to push through and make something happen, fine. But don't go just go shooting at guys' knees. Like, that could ruin their careers. Yeah, I mean, you're basically taking food from somebody's plate at that point because you know you're going to fucking injure somebody. That right there is uh, my number one dick of the week. My dick of the week, or or one A, one B, if you will. Nah, it's Manfred, a- who's the, the the commissioner of baseball, St. John Carlos Stanton was traded from the Miami Marlins to the New York Yankees, oh, yeah. uh, and oh, I'm yeah. okay with him being traded per se per se um, yeah what i don't what i don't like is and I, i'm a big sports fan and i do root for the marlins uh when they put something on the field that's worth rooting for 
which isn't going to happen for a long time. Basically, what Rob Manford did was Rob Manford gifted the Marlins to Derek Jeter, who just gave away this this past season's MVP to his old team. It seems kind of fishy. Kind of fishy? Like Derek Jeter and his group. Yeah, super fishy. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, super fishy. Because, listen, he's obviously the Yankees' golden boy, right? He's He's it, right? Yep. He comes over here and he buys what the majority ownership of the Marlins, right? Well, he's actually not a majority ownership. He's a minority, uh, but he's also paying himself a five million dollar year salary. How about that? While complaining that the team doesn't have enough money, and that's why they had to unload Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> so Rob Manfred helped them get a team that they couldn't afford for one point one oh. billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. When there was another uh, buyer who could have afforded, not $1.1 because not many people can't afford that, but could have afforded a little bit less of a price tag and was actually planning on spending and building a winner down here in South Florida. But instead, um, Rob Manford and MLB pushed the, the price tag so high that he couldn't, he had to back out, leaving nobody but Jeter and Jeter's investment group who don't have enough money and are now working in the negative. So the first thing they do is they cut Stanton, which again, I understand it's business. It's a sport. Your favorite players get traded. I just, I have an issue with, um, baseball playing favorites with the Yankees and screwing South Florida, who all those taxpayers are paying a tax. Anytime we get a hotel room, we are paying a tax that went towards building that stadium down there. That's right. And not only that, this is a farm system down here in, in Miami, pretty much. Every every time that we get a superstar that comes out of here, and that happens a lot, by the way, um, mm-hmm. you know, regarding Stan, we had Miguel Cabrera, um, not to mention, you know, we can go as far as back as Hernandez. El Duque Hernandez, mm-hmm. you know, ended up in, in New York. So it's it's been a historical, you know, uh, you know, repetitive uh, pattern. That you know the uh, the the New York Yankees are just basically farming uh, the the Marlins for you know key players, and this is just another example. The only problem now is is that you have this other layer with Jeter involved now, which really just kind of makes it much more blatant and apparent uh, more than ever. Yep, it's dirty, it's bullshit, it's uh, it's downright nasty, and uh, and that is why. I couldn't wait to have him just be my dick of the week next week. He had to go with uh, with that Seattle Seahawks defensive lineman as well. They they are my two dicks of the week. I couldn't choose between the two of them. That's fine. Listen, that deservingly so. They're deservingly so. So um, my pick of the week is going to be Roy Moore out of Alabama. Roy Moore, if you don't know, and if you've been living on the rock, uh, he's the Alabama um, Republican frontrunner for Senate that ran against uh, Jones. And uh, recently lost to him in an election. And uh, he was riddled by a lot of scandal uh, regarding his checkered past. And um, I'm putting him for Dick of the Week because he's not conceding to the loss in Alabama. And um, fuck this guy. He lost. He doesn't know how to fucking take a loss, man. Well, I, I, it's definite uh, delusions of grandeur, if you will. He, he doesn't, if, he, if he doesn't say he lost, then he didn't lose. I guess so. Uh, you know, it, it's bullshit. It's obviously a very ignorant way of thinking. Uh, 
some of the other things that I've heard from him show very ignorant mindsets. Uh, so let's just be happy that he's out of office, whether he wants to concede to it or not, whether he wants to acknowledge it or not. Uh, fuck you, pack your boxes, get out of the office. Exactly. So that's why he's my dick of the week. Uh, you know, he, he won't concede to his loss, even though uh, he was uh, touting his, uh, you know, his, 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 his horn saying that he was going to win uh, unequivocally. And uh, he obviously lost. And it's because of his, you know, his checkered past. I mean, this guy was banned from a, a mall for creeping on girls. I mean, how much of a fucking derelict do you have to be? A creep fucking derelict do you have to be to get banned for a mall? Not just by regular cops, by mall cops. Oh, you gotta be, you gotta be a super fucking creeper. Exactly. Super creeper. And not only a super creeper, you gotta be a super stupid creeper. So, that's my dick of the week, uh, Roy Moore. So, uh, you know, that goes, uh, right along the lines is that lineman from, uh, Seattle and also, uh, the other, uh, you know, prick that you chose. Rob Manfred. <laughs> yeah. That guy, yeah. Well, listen, Jay, this, uh, brings a conclusion to, um, you know, our show it was a hell of a 2017. Um, I wanted to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. And, um, you know, we, we plan to expand this uh, this podcast to uh, many, many other listeners and, uh, you know, try to you know expand this to another higher and higher level uh, as, as much as we can. And um, I, I wanted to thank you for, you know, coming along this journey with me. And, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, I hope for, you know, can continue success for you, me and this podcast. Uh, well, I want to say a Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. And uh, and actually, a big thank you to you for having me on this journey. Uh, this has been definitely a pleasant surprise. I know when we started doing it, I want to say back in episode four was the first one with me and you talking about uh, McGregor Mayweather back in, was that May? I think August? It was, I, I think it was August, yeah. That's when McGregor and um, Mayweather fought, yeah. So, yeah, so when we started that in, in the fourth episode, um, you know, I would have never expected that we would get to, uh, kind of the place we're at now. We're only, we're only 17, 16, 17 episodes in, and I know we still got a lot of growing to do and, and a lot of, uh, a lot more content to talk of, but I've really enjoyed it. And I, and I thank you for inviting me and having me be your, your, uh, your co-host and your partner in crime. As always, Jay. And, um, you know, listen, I, I, I just want this to be, you know, something enjoyable for the listeners. And uh, speaking of which, you know, if you guys have any questions or anything that you want to drop over to us uh, regarding the show, you can always uh, email us at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. I always want to kind of pose that out there to anybody who's listening to our show. Uh, if you have suggestions, or, you know, for guests or uh, topics or uh, just anything at all, please, you know, drop us an email. We'd be more than happy to read it on air and uh, go through like a little mailbag segment. So that's uh, another thing I kind of want to throw out there to our listeners. And of course, uh, Jay, if you could remind everybody about our social media, please. Of course, you can find us on uh, on Twitter. Hashtag Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, you can get us as well on SoundCloud. Try to get those numbers up there. And the uh, the most important one, the big one, the one that uh, is going to be the biggest catapult to our success is on iTunes. At three words, Dark Fringe Radio. Get every episode, go back, listen to them. You can actually hear how the show has progressed uh, over these last few months. Going from now, from... Uh, then until now our our kind of end of the year christmas episode find us like us comment on us uh whether it's positive or negative let us know so that way we can put on a better product just for you 
Awesome. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better myself. So, again, uh, myself, Will Martinez for Dark Fringe Radio, and uh, my co-host, Jay uh, Galosi, have always uh, listened. I want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. And we will start off uh, 2018 with some guests, some bigger names, um, some real cool content. Uh, we're thinking of doing a live podcast pretty soon here in the near future, maybe even before 2018. I don't know. We might get a hair up our ass, Jay, and uh, do a Facebook Live uh, episode on a Friday or something and uh, you know, give some people some content so they can actually interact with this live. Uh, so we have a lot of things out and planned and, uh, and on the horizon. So fully expect all our listeners to be uh, fully uh, engaged with us. And um, again, of course, Jay, you're coming along for the ride and we're going to do this together. Again, wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas and everyone on uh, you know the Dark Fringe Radio family. A Merry Christmas as well. And uh, signing off for, again, Jay Glossy, Will Martinez. Uh, you all have a good night. Anything else for you, Jay? Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Couldn't said it better myself. All right, guys, thanks so much. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Malakilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Malakilikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Melikalikimaka is Hawaii's way To say Merry Christmas to you Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Malikalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright. The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Malikalikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas. A very Merry Christmas. A very, very Merry Merry Christmas to you. Holy shit, man.